Hello and welcome to this podcast trailer of Sam's Alternative slash Sam Saturday, four hours of power, podcast three of three, part one. On this part of the podcast, I'll be chatting to Matthew, Michael and Peter from Melbourne punk rock band The Deadbeats about how the band formed, how they came up with the band name, what the response has been like for Sedatives for the Sonic, their album they released in late June. We're also going to play a song off the album as well, Faces, during podcast Part two, uh, we're also going to talk about what's in store for the rest of the year, um, their upcoming gig with, of course, Strung Out from the US, plus a whole heap of things. So why don't we get into the podcast interview and hear what the Deadbeats have to say. Say, Evening, guys. Hey, G'day, Sammy. Hey, so we've got Matthew and Bushy here. How are you, brother? Good, thanks. It's been a while since we've actually caught up. I've just noticed it's a few months now. It has been. I think the last time I chatted with you, Sammy, was uh, Bad Decisions Bar. Was it? No, 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 it wasn't. It was the Workers' Club. We had the album. What about the Workers' Club? Because I had a gig that night as well, but I came to the matinee show. That's right. Thank you. You were a busy man that day, mate. Yeah, I wore it afterwards as well. Like, I was pretty <laughs> stuck. <laughs> what time did you get in that night? Do you remember? Sorry? What time did you end up getting in that night? Back to Warrigal. Evening, Pete. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Oh, for, I reckon I got back to Warrigal. I know. What was that, Sammy? We lost you for a second there, Sammy. Pete, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Sorry, I forgot to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I've put it on now. Sorry, that was my... Oh, that's a strike. (laughs) We're we're sitting here all stressed about how we're going to stuff this up. (laughs) (laughs) And Sam forgot to put the phone on Do Not Disturb, and it wasn't my internet cutting out. Sam forgot to turn it on Do Not Disturb. That's really bad and unprofessional, <laughs> by the way. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I reckon that night I got in about 2 a.m., and then I had to work the next morning. I remember that. It was just like, oh, it was just never do two gigs in one day ever again. And that's to anyone out there. Do not do it. it <laughs> well, mate, we appreciate you coming along because it, it was a good old time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're big enough to get our two gigs at the moment, so it's not a problem we have. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got a gig with Strung Out coming out and, uh, coming up next month. That's pretty big, I reckon. Uh, it is, definitely. There won't be two gigs that day. Yeah, we're pretty excited for that one, mate. All right, well, I better introduce Matthew, Michael, and also Pete from the Melbourne punk rock, The Deadbeats. Of course, I've met these three individuals on many occasions. I've seen you guys now four times, I reckon. Four or five. At least, I think. Yeah, because there was the Workers' Club, there was Bad Decisions, there was one at last chance, and I reckon there was one or two. I think there was a one in one or two. A whole lot of love. There was one for sure. Um, yeah, it's been a few, mate. So yeah, we appreciate your support as always, and yeah, thank you for coming along and 
giving us the support because it's uh, blokes like yourself that make it all count, mate. So cheers. Yeah, and it's awesome to have you guys on because big fan of the Deadbeats, obviously. I love the name. We will get to that very question a bit later on of how you came up with the band name, the Deadbeats, but I'm actually intrigued to hear what the story behind it is, but that's a little bit later on. Okay. So, of course, others that probably don't know... um. Matthew and Pete are actually brothers as well in the Deadbeats. It took me forever to realise you were brothers, but that's pretty bad on my behalf. Oh, I don't know. Why, why, why? We're about a head and a half uh, difference in height, so it's probably fair. <laughs> and we don't look too similar all that much, so you could be forgiven for not realising it, Sammy. But then again, both with the last name Driscoll, like it's not a Smith or a Johnson. It's pretty obvious that there's not many Driscolls going around Australia at the moment. So you'd think I'd put two and two together, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, so for those that don't know, the four members of the Deadbeats are, of course, Pete on vocals and guitar, Matthew on bass, Jordan on drums, and Michael, or Bushy as he's better known, on lead guitar. So that's the rundown of the band, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, we have to apologise for Jordy. He can't be here tonight. Um, I don't know what he's doing. He... It's whoever turns up on the night sort of thing. I'm not fussed whether it's two members, three members, one member. It's fun either way. Oh, you got you got the best of the group at the moment. Yeah. So. <laughs> Take that, Jordy. Yeah, I'm, I'm shutting up about right now because if Jordy hears this and he goes, "Why didn't you go into bat for me uh, against the <laughs> other three members?" He's gonna <laughs> mince meat. I think I'll be after he hears this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Nah, he's just got his priorities, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's um, we love Geordie. Um, you know, drummers always um have a nut. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say drummers always have an excuse for not being on the podcast, but I'll leave that one. But we'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think drummers have a lot of excuses in general. But... Or, for, or for packing up the van for that matter. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, no, we're very lucky to have Jordy. Jordy does a lot of work for us, so we love you, Jordy. We love you, Jordy, man. <laughs> All right, so if Jordy's listening to this or anyone's listening to this thinking we're ratting out on Jordy, we are not. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so the deadbeats obviously sedatives for the Sonic. I always get it wrong. Is it Cynic or Sonic, the album? Uh, it's Cynic, Sammy. Sedatives for oh. the Cynic. Okay, Sedatives for the Cynic. Amazingly, it's been out three months. How has that been three months since it dropped? Oh, it's gone quick. But look, in saying that, I mean, we, the album was actually recorded back in 2021 at Hot House Studios in, in St Kilda under a fellow uh, named Jez Giddings, our producer, who did an amazing job with the record. And unfortunately, yeah, back in 2021, it was, you know, like in the midst of the whole COVID 
epidemic and it was just bad timing uh, for us to really release it all at once because we couldn't play any shows to support the record. So we had to sit tight and be patient, which was rather frustrating and drip feed a few singles here and there. But, yeah, we just wanted to get it out and um, look, we're just happy that it's finally done and out and about now because it's it's just yeah, it's been it's been unreal since it dropped so yeah Hold on, all the songs on sedative for the cynic i mean there's 15 tracks on there that's a fair number of songs on an album yeah we had to we had to actually cut a few as well a few didn't make the cut uh, we just didn't think there was the ones that didn't make the cut we just didn't think they were quite uh as ready as the others were uh so you might get to see them on album too but i think the reason we wanted uh enough we wanted about 14 or 15 songs on the album was because i think we were just all sick of um seeing albums get released um by no band in particular but just you know back in the day you used to see you know 14 or 15 songs on an album and now people are you know eight to ten songs and we just uh, we didn't really want to do that and we just sort of did what we wanted and said nah let's let's load it up yeah we had the content so we we're like why not um uh we wanted to skip the whole ep thing and we just said to ourselves we've got these songs we're backing them in we, we think they're strong enough so let's go straight to the whole lp thing and that's what we that's what we did I think also like a lot of bands at the moment, and again, not naming any bands because that would be defamatory, uh, but there's a lot of bands at the moment that seem to be drip feeding all their singles and then the last um, song on the EP, they don't drip feed. So the EP comes out and the four singles have been released, but then there's the one song that wasn't released as a single. And I, in a way, I like what, bands are doing with that but also it's sort of taking away the point of listening to a whole ep if you've heard the first four singles already yeah true i mean yeah i mean we we were impatient enough i guess you could call it that we had to drip feed three of them and we're like oh we're using up all the content you know and um we wanted to save some for the album but yeah but in saying that at least we had a few spare so, yeah. So if yeah. you haven't checked out Sedatives for the Cynic, check it out after this interview because it's a great album and um, we will be playing a song from the album on part two. Uh, Faces, I think I put down. Was it Punk Me, Punk You? It was one of the two. I can't remember which one. I've lost my piece of paper, but I know it's on there somewhere. So <laughs> Beautiful. But um, also, just in breaking news, for those that haven't actually seen my news feed, part one and part two will actually be uploaded tonight. I'm well ahead of schedule. So after this interview is done, you'll get to see part one and part two pretty late, though, but it will be up tonight. So you'll get to listen back to me talk shit, obviously. <laughs> so the way these interviews roll, Matt, Michael and Pete, are uh, pretty much I ask you a whole bunch of questions. 
about the band, your music influences and everything like that. And then at the end of the interview, the tables get turned. So Michael, Matt and Pete will get to ask the hard-hitting questions to me at the end. So just a bit of a fun thing I do every podcast interview. So, yeah, and nothing's off limits, by the way. Excellent. (laughs) And after the last two questions, that question a couple of weeks ago, someone asked how many trains have I taken to gig? That was, I think that's the most clever question because even I don't know how many I've taken. (laughs) I reckon reckon I've got a good one for you, but it's, it's, yeah, it might mean you've got to name names, so I don't want to, uh, might not be able to answer that one. Oh, I'm intrigued now. I'm, I love when I hear the thing about, oh, there's a question and you have to name names or name a favourite artist or band and you're just like, oh, shit, what have I just done? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, and I liked um, telling the band at the start of the interview because it gives you a bit of time to um, think of questions instead of, telling you at the end, now you can ask the questions and by then you're sort of like, oh, we've just been asked all these questions. Now you want us to ask the questions sort of thing. No, that's all right, mate. We're ready and willing. All right. Well, how did the band form, the Deadbeats, outside of obviously Matt and Peter being brothers, that sort of... Um, well, oh, we've been going at it for... About, what are we now, 2023? So about five years now. Yeah, 2018, I think it was. And um, off the back of um, an old, uh, a breakup of an old band that Michael and I had um, at the time that came to an end, unfortunately, just for numerous reasons. Um, People moving away and starting families and things like that. So um, Bushy and I actually... We've been good mates since we were kids in high school and we had a, a treasure chest of old songs that we that were never really going to fit the profile of the old band. Um, they were more punk rock orientated, which is what Michael and I really enjoyed playing. So we, we opened it up and we started jamming a fair few of these tracks and we're like, oh, we're not done with this and we want to keep going. Um, and we knew Jordy... From school, we all went to the same school, by the way, which was St. Peter's um, in Cran Vegas. And um, yeah, Geordie, uh, who we knew, uh, he kept pestering. He's like, you guys are jamming. I want to come and, you know, drum. Let's have a session together. So we eventually got together and and Geordie, we, we laid down a few tracks and all of a sudden, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we clicked straight away and we knew that Pete had um, been writing um, a fair collection of his uh, own personal songs, which he had them recorded on his phone. So we dragged him up on lead vocals and away we went from there. We just started jamming at my dad's house, which is the, the band room. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Pete, whether he, whether he liked it or not, yeah, uh, he was the best singer. So yeah, lead, he was destined for lead vocals. He had some serious competition. <laughs> they, they tricked me into it, Sammy. Oh, I, I had to learn to sing on the spot. 
Well he, he did incredible though and still is so well done Pete. Yeah, and Jordan was just so good at improving to jam and um it really just all clicked straight away. You know, learning a couple of tracks into it and we thought, yeah, this is natural, it's real, it's raw, it's it's the music we all love. And that was the most important thing, especially for me when I when we started doing it. Uh it was fun, you know, it was natural and yeah, and that's pretty much how it uh how it all started yeah me and matt had um been playing together sort of on and off all the time just jamming at home um not like not always in a band setting but we were always sort of riding together since i think year nine so probably about 20 years something now since we were about 13 or 14. yeah we're so, old so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sound old now when i say that loud jesus but, um, it, uh, we always jolled together. We always sort of we sucked at the start, I think, uh, and I think I think we got a little bit better over time. But yeah, when when we ended up playing all together with uh, the four of us, it was it felt the same thing. It was as if we'd been playing together as a band for for the same amount of time. Mm. And it, like for anyone that's seen the Dead Beats live, you can see it in your stage presence and. You know, you perform it, so you love what you do and you give 110%, which is important as a live band because if you're not giving 110% or not loving what you do, how are you expecting people who come to the show to enjoy it sort of thing? That's exactly right. Absolutely. We've found even when you're when you're in the audience and we go to a gig, the band feeds off the crowd, the crowd feeds off the band, and it just it just works. Mm. And like, especially for a venue like Bad Decisions or even probably the Workers Club to a degree, like Bad Decisions for anyone that doesn't know is not the biggest venue in Melbourne, to be honest, but like it can draw a pretty big crowd at times. It's very cosy in there, that's for sure. It's very intimate is how I would describe it. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about Bad Decisions is that damn staircase. look i know why it's there but i think just a bit of tlc towards it might just give it a bit more yeah yeah it gets it gets even worse uh as the night goes on and there's a few been a few drinks spilt on it so it's not as bad as the staircase that used to be at next though that spiral staircase Oh yeah, is it the Colonial Hotel? I think is that. Ooh, I've seen a few coming guts are on that on that staircase. So, I think oh, you're wrong about it. Could use some love. I reckon the one at the totes been like I nearly slipped on that. I know it's not as dangerous as the one at Bad Decisions, obviously, but I remember coming down from a set upstairs, and I'd had one or two, and. I'd walked down too fast and nearly slipped and fell on the ass, which wasn't. <laughs> and mind you, this is even worse when you think about it. This was only about the second or third act. This was a day thing. And I'm like, shit, if I keep having to go upstairs, I might make more of a dick of myself if I keep. Why gets happened to the best of us, mate? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it is a good, it is a good venue. Bad decisions, and the, we've always managed to get good sound uh, when we're there. Is what we've found. 
And I've noticed that staff also care as well. Sorry, what was that, Sammy? Sorry, I said the staff seem to care as well, which is always important. Yes, it is. Friendly staff make the night run really well. Um, I think most most of the venues in town, like all the underground clubs in Melbourne, they've all got friendly staff, which is, it it really helps. And I think it just comes with the scene, I guess. Mm. Most people I've met in and around that sort of scene are just nice and outgoing and helpful. And yeah, they've just got a good energy. Them and that's what I love about playing this sort of music is, yeah, it's just a, an awesome vibe in general. It's just a better community. And certainly a lot of good punk bands coming out of Melbourne right at the moment. Deadbeats are right amongst it. I mean, there's this sinking ship, there's Forklift Assassins, Judo Chop. There's a whole heap of them coming out of Melbourne at the moment. They're just producing that good of music. Yes, Absolutely. But also around Australia as well, there's a few good punk bands coming out of Queensland as well, actually. Scrap that. There's just good music coming out of Australia everywhere you look. Even Tasmania and WA are producing some great bands at the moment. Yes, indeed, mate. Um, Melbourne's always... I mean, Melbourne in particular has just always been that sort of... It's just a great spot. If you know where to look for all this underground music. And unfortunately, yeah, a lot of it is still, I guess, trapped underground, but you don't have to look far because um, there's so many good venues and clubs where, you know, if you want to go and spend an afternoon or a night and see some quality, quality bands, Melbourne is probably one of the best places there is. To mm. Regional. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, you don't have to look far to find a decent uh, or punk band anyway in, in Melbourne. Mm. Yes. And um, I think that's why I envy Melbourne so much compared to regional Victoria because Gippsland, there used to be a venue in Taralgon and now there is one, but it's not as good as the old venue was. And that everyone's like, why do you travel to Melbourne? I'm like, well, none of the big name bands are coming to Gippsland, so I have to travel to Melbourne to go see these bands. That's yeah, that's the problem. I guess like I've had a lot of people when they ask us, they, they, one of the questions we get is, um, where do you play, or where's most of your shows usually based? And I get people asking, yeah, from even down Phillip Island way through to Frankston and the outer suburbs, and unfortunately, the answer is usually always the same, and that's that we have to play. Uh, up in town because that's just where all the venues are. Mm. And there's a lot of people that just won't travel out to Frankston from the CBD. Like, it's even though it still is technically Melbourne, it's just because it's pretty much nearly an hour from the CBD away, a lot of people won't travel that far, unfortunately. Might just be Frankston. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good venue. It is. Saw the presets there the other week. <laughs> Singing Bird, I think, Trump. is the other one. What's that? Sorry? It's Singing Bird. That's Frankston, isn't it? Singing Bird yeah. Studio, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm sick of it all are actually going to be playing there when they come here. Oh, well. Yeah. That one took me by surprise. 
I did not know that. Yeah, they're playing in um in Jan. Um, just after no effects. So no effects are playing the Friday night and Saturday night, and on that same, I think it's on the same. It's either on the, but yeah, they're playing it at the Singing Bird Studios. That, I think it's connected. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure what the last thing you heard was, Sammy. There was something about sick of it all. We're playing Singing Bird Studio. I reckon that was the last part we heard. Yeah, I was just saying that. Um, yeah, it's around the time of no effects again. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that, that's. So it's on the same, I think they're playing on one of the same nights No Effects are playing. So I've already got No Effects tickets. So unless unless we've got a support slot for, for one of them, I, yeah. Evening again, Pete. Sorry, I don't know what happened there, but... It's just, that's all good, Sammy. Disconnected on me. Why does it happen on Monday nights when the interview gets disconnected? No other nights does it, just Mondays. It's a jinx, I reckon. Technology, hey? <laughs> uh, I'm with Telstra though They're meant to be really good Well, there's a key word Really good They're not always But <laughs> <laughs> well, but sick, sick of it all at Singing Bird That's going to be pretty good And who was there last year That um, Evergreen Terrace from the US Were there late last year as well Or the year before I think Okay yeah, no, I've never. It's weird. Like, I've never actually seen seen a band there before, so it's, it's not somewhere where I was fully aware that bands actually play gigs at. Uh, it's in Frankston. Oh, okay. So the yeah. rehearsal space. It's a funny venue too, like because there's an outdoor stage, there's a recording studio, plus there's a um, indoor stage as well. It's actually really well set out. Okay. Yeah, no, I've, ne I've never actually been there myself. You, no, usually, whenever we used to go to, I guess, a rehearsal space, we used to just go to um, uh, either Deluxe or we used to go to Pony Studios and then we started going to Deluxe. And unfortunately... During COVID, that one um, shut down. It didn't make it. Bloody COVID. It still haunts us even three years after. Ruined a lot of good things for mm. a lot of good people and a lot of smaller mm. venues, unfortunately. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> yeah, shut us down for 268 days, but you could still live your life being, you know, getting all the money you want and people's jobs were lost because of you. But anyway, let's stop. Yeah. That's it. We won't delve into that one. That's that's a that's a podcast for another. <laughs> <laughs> that's <all I> <laughs> but we got on the beers, so that was all right. But anyway, that's <laughs> <laughs> But um, what was it, the other one that closed in Frankston um during COVID? Um, Young Street Supper Club. That venue was good, but it was. It was just too small, but then it closed because my cousin lives in Mornington, and she says, oh, you know that venue we went to that night? I'm like, oh, yeah, the Young Street Supper Club, it's closed. I'm like, what? I've never been, to be honest. I, yeah, I, I can't say I either have. I don't know if I went there. to it. 
Uh, it was maybe a little bit bigger than Bad Decisions. Probably sort of, yeah, probably was bigger and could hold more people than Bad Decisions, but it was sort of like not big enough to hold sort of a 200-cap person sort of thing. Okay. Well, so, yeah, it's a, shame. it's a shame because, yeah, a lot, of, what, a lot of these smaller venues ended up taking a hit from it. Mm. And they're still sort of just recovering now. But, I mean, it's good to see live music. I think it, um, with all that's happened, it, live music is now fire, firing on all cylinders. And um, I guess, yeah, people were just so desperate to make up for the time lost and time that they couldn't see these bands come out. And, yeah, look, moving forward, I think it's, yeah, it's good to see. Um, they should not take it for granted. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I think the other positive out of all these gigs happening is there's a lot of gigs clashing with other gigs. So there's multiple gigs on each weekend or the same day. So it's like, well, take your pick which one to go to. There's plenty of options. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a good problem to have. Well, in, in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, um, like, Thursday night, there's, like, five gigs happening on Thursday night. It's like, are you coming? I'm like, well, there's another gig in another place and they're nowhere near each other, so I don't think I could be in two places at once. Huh. So. <laughs> but, yes. yeah. And then I'm taking a break or trying to take a break from live music. Everyone's inviting me to their gigs. I'm like, did I just not say I'm taking a break? <laughs> you're a wanted man though mate <laughs> no and then to look at the gigs that are happening in the break i'm like shit i've picked the worst time to take one haven't i <laughs> all right well because it'll always it always happen i reckon as soon as you make a decision like that um it all comes at once yeah it's always the way it's like when i gave up radio or took the break from radio it's like Oh, it shouldn't be too bad for new Aussie music. And then was it the week after I decided to take a break from radio, Red Hook dropped Postcard from a Living Hell, Bellhaven dropped their new singles. Just every Aussie band just released new music. I'm like, yeah, this is probably karma, isn't it? They were probably listening in and went, yep, so he's going to... That's where we'll drop it, just to piss him off. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Thankfully, podcast, given that uh, a lot of bands send me MP3s and that all now, it can be played on here anyway. Or some cases, bands don't even send me it because it's either on Bandcamp or some PR person has new music to send me. So it's like, all right, I'll throw it on the podcast. <laughs> Beautiful. Which, um, of course, Matthew obviously sent me um, sedatives for the Cynic on. Uh, this was actually before it was released. It was about six or 12 months before it was released, I think. Yes, that was that period we were waiting impatiently, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, we sent it out to uh, all the good people that have uh, supported us on the down low, of course. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, I hope you're enjoying it, mate. Well, I certainly am, because you're probably the most played band on this podcast, probably. 
All right. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sammy. Appreciate it. I, thought, awesome. I don't think I've ever actually gone a podcast without playing a deadbeat song. I think oh, a themed show, like if it's a themed and it's Halloween or something, it probably didn't play then. But outside of that, most other times you're on. We'll, we'll have to release a Halloween song then for you, Sammy. <laughs> Sounds good, I reckon. And also this big countdown of the best um, songs from Victorian bands, the Deadbeats will be a big part of that, obviously being from Melbourne. So, oh, yeah, we must be doing something right then, eh? Something right. <laughs> mm. Thank you for your <laughs> continuous support with it, mate. Appreciate no. All good. You guys have always been welcoming when I've come to your gigs. You're probably thinking, oh, Sam's back. Great. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, mate. Uh, all right. Well, it's come to that part of the podcast, and I've got to ask this because I'm very intrigued to hear it. How did you actually come up with the band name, The Dead Beats? Um, oh, do you want to answer this one? Oh, I'll let you answer it. You... All right. Um, oh. Well, unfortunately, I think for for us, there's no there's no like stars aligning moment where we were like it happened. We we're like, you know, this has to has to be the name, the Deadbeats. That's us because it's almost it's almost an ironic name, I guess. Where all of us are probably got our lives together pretty well at this stage, I'd say. But it's also we didn't though at one point. Well, we didn't <laughs> at one point. Uh, we're Probably the first thing from Deadbeats in a way, really, but it's more a name now as time's gone by, we're trying to sort of, I guess, live up to the name, so to speak. Uh, yeah, look, we like the fact that we're, we were sort of producing like a some somewhat sort of long forgotten sound. We're very heavily inspired by the 80s and 90s, especially that Southern California punk scene. And, uh, yeah, we did, you know, in this day and age, we considered it to be, you know, dead in some way uh, in comparison to a lot of the, the new music that is coming out today. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a revival of that sound. So we thought dead beats, it's sort of fitting. and tongue-in-cheek and it just worked. Yeah, and the fact that we were a bunch of degenerate <laughs> misfits um, is definitely fitting on that front too. So... It's it all sort of went hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. it's almost become something, uh, the band name, something to uh, live up to, I guess. Because I sort of thought there might have been a connection with like sort of, I know it's different era, probably 10, 15 years before the 80s, 90s era, but sort of uh, homage to maybe the dead Kennedys in some way, but well, that's completely... Oh, not nothing specifically, but they were a big influence of as well, especially mine, and I think the other boys as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, not nothing directly to the, the Kennedys, but uh, yeah, just the yeah the dead dead beats, dead like sounds. We're gonna bring it back to life, and we're gonna we're gonna put our own spin on it, and yeah, and that's 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 pretty much what you get. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. So. Hopefully it's working. <laughs> yeah, hopefully inspire, you know, one or two people to start listening to, to punk music, then we've done something right. And they, as they say, one stream is like worth a million dollars despite 
artists and bands not getting that much for one stream, but that's another topic for another podcast, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise just what one stream, one share means to a band or even a review. Like, it, it means someone actually has taken the time to, you know, five, ten minutes to listen to one or two songs from this band. I think it's very important to do it. Absolutely. It's all about getting the music out there at the moment. I mean, you know, making a buck here and there is great, but at the moment, especially now the record's out, it's just been great because we can actually deliver it to people and, you know, we're getting a few plugs on the radio and just more and more people have got it in their ears and that that has just been awesome in itself lately. So um, I think, look, last year, look, we, we did all get our official statement from... What was it? Oh, APRA, 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 APRA. APRA AM costs. I think we made like $2.30 <laughs> each or something. <laughs> we got it. Um, yeah, it's going through, through the tax return. And, um, we, we each got a, a royalty payment. And we, we were all calling each other up. We are all pretty stoked and excited about it. And, you know, we're like, you know, did you get your payment? And everyone's like, yeah, we got we got royalties. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, it was about $1.83 each. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So we're just like, we've made it. Yeah, <laughs> we've made it. There was high, high fives all around after that. <laughs> $1.83, what'd that get you? Well, to get you... Uh, it doesn't even get your cheeseburger anymore. <laughs> you get you a couple of 50 cent cones, maybe, but apart from that, it wouldn't get much else. No. I'd get you a song on, like a, oh, no, no, not even a single off iTunes would probably cost you. Like, guitar string these days. Do, do, dollar 80 doesn't even get you a cigarette these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trying times. Oh, we, that's another topic we could discuss for ages. Yeah, it's cost of living, but again. <laughs> but um, I just can't believe how expensive food has gotten. Like, I had a Big Mac meal the other day, and it's like 14 bucks for a large Big Mac meal now in Warrigal. Jeez. I wouldn't know. I think it's been almost 10 years since I, I personally have eaten Maccas. But I'm sure these boys would know all about it. Oh, no, team. <laughs> <laughs> and they always stuff up your orders. They all, Like, I asked for a vanilla milkshake on menu log, and they give me a, a vanilla Coke. I'm like, how is that a vanilla milkshake exactly? <laughs> you send, do you send it back? Tell me you send it back. I, t- I send it back and just said, this is not a vanilla milkshake. I don't know what planet you're living on but it's not a vanilla and they said oh but on the docket it said vanilla coke I'm like no I clearly specifically put in vanilla milkshake not vanilla coke <laughs> but me working in hospitality should have some sympathy for fast food workers but when you stuff up the order that much no yeah, minimum wage. You can't can't be too hard on them. And also, even though we don't want to mention that c word again, um, I mean, retail workers copped it majorly in, during COVID times, and yeah. But again, I guess they're there to do their job. Obviously. <laughs> hmm. Well. Yeah. Yeah. 
On to the topic, because we have spoken about sedatives for the cynic a fair bit. What has the overall response been like for the album? Um, Overall, it's been pretty great, to be honest. And like I said before, it's just been great having the record out, Um, you know, and we're getting a lot of positive feedback, not only from, you know, friends and family, but from people that are new faces at the shows. So that for me, like that's that's been awesome. That's um, yeah, it's been pretty exciting seeing uh, people that I guess we we didn't know to begin with showing up at a show, and then the next show we play, they'll be there, bring some of their friends along, and they're not anyone that we knew uh, beforehand. So that's a pretty amazing. The fact that yeah, I guess ra- random people are coming to multiple shows and actually they're actually into our music, which is. People are still Amazing. digging the old school sound, and that's that's pretty cool. It's yeah, it's it's awesome actually. Because I feel like it's pretty hard, like to convince some people to come out to a show, like because money wise or travel or you know they just can't be stuffed. But I think um, I've noticed slowly that, especially sort of the second half of this year more gigs are getting sold out and several people are going to multiple shows of the bands that are playing, which is great to see. And I think that's the main reason why I've been so many times to see the Deadbeats because I saw them once. I said, all right, I loved it first time. Let's go again. And then there was about a six or eight month period where I didn't see you because just work commitments and other things. And then, yeah, saw you twice in, what, three weeks, which I think, yeah, I feel like you your performance has grown with every show that I've seen. Oh, thank you, thank you very much, Sammy. That that actually is uh, very, very comforting because, um, yeah, that, that is the plan, uh, believe it or not, to get better. And... Yeah, no, I mean, it means a lot coming from someone uh, like yourself who, who has such a knowledge of, of music, especially in especially in um, the Melbourne's underground scene as well. So um, thank you very much. It means a lot. And, and, <laughs> and like, um, I'm not being, trying to get brownie points or sucking up to the deadbeats or anything like that. But I feel like, you know, there's some bands you see once and you're like, I'm glad I saw them. Would I see them again? Maybe not. But I think, yeah, the Deadbeats are one of those bands, not just here in Melbourne, but around Australia that I'll easily see multiple times. And I hope to see more in the future as well, obviously. Uh, I think oh, you'll definitely see more of us. Yeah, we love this, Sammy. And uh, I think we have all four of us uh, just growing uh, sort of every day. Uh, every time we get up there, we we, we, we play the show and we, we take it back to the band room and we... You know, we discuss and go what we what we happy with and what we what do we want to improve on, and so there's always learnings from every single show. Um, so yeah, going forward, as I said, we just love doing what we do, and yeah, each on to bigger and better things with each show and continuously improving. I think that's 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 the plan. Right, so just touching on what you were saying about um, how we've got a response from the album so far is. One thing I noticed is, which was a bit of a surprise, is uh, some of the songs which I guess are getting a really good response aren't necessarily the songs that 
we initially thought would are some of the songs that we sort of consider our to be our strongest or our own personal favorites um you get feedback and it's nothing it's it's the ones that you completely weren't expecting and probably the ones we work the least on that they like the most i think that's good in a way because oh, it's great because if if the songs you strongly like and worked hard on are getting all the feedback then you're sort of like all right well we know the strong songs on the album and that but if the best feedback is coming from the songs that you didn't think would get much positive or any response to, then that's a uh, that's a bonus on any yeah, level. It's got to be a good thing, I guess, just as long as they, they do like uh, the ones we work really hard on as well. Yeah. <laughs> and see, like, it's hard to, for me to narrow down what my actual favourite song of the album is because I think, like most bands and albums, it changes from day to day, really. Yeah, my- <laughs> Mine definitely does. Uh, I mean, music's so mood-based, isn't it? And yeah, every day is different, and every for every day, um, yeah, there's a different favorite for me. It completely depends. It depends on the kind of day you're having as well. But I think it also depends on like sometimes a band might play. We might do it as well, and not even realize that we're um, the way we play a certain song live might might come across sounding better to people live than it does on an album. I know sometimes I've seen bands and some of the songs I don't necessarily rate that great on an album. You see them play it live and it becomes your new favourite. And then you think there's some songs that from bands that miss the album, like as a, you know, a standalone single that doesn't make the album or a B-side. And you think, how did this song actually miss the album? Oh, there's plenty of those. Yeah. That often makes me wonder. Well, I'm trying to think. There's been some obvious ones, especially in the punk scene and metal scene. But um, I just feel like there's been a few over the last five, ten years where you think, how did that not actually get on an album or an EP? Yeah. Yeah. Probably... uh... Well, growing up, sort of going back a few years again now, but for me, that's that's probably AFI. I think I think they had some some really good songs that just they never made the albums and uh, they were only released as B sides. And yeah, you ask that question, Sammy, like how the hell did this not make the album? Yeah. And AFI is a perfect example. Like for me, old school AFI up till probably Beautiful Love, I think. Flawless albums everywhere you look. The Art of Drowning, Sing the Sorrow, December Underground, all amazing albums. And yet there's still songs on um, that aren't on those albums that missed out. And you just think, yeah, how even a band like AFI have B-sides that missed the album? It's hard to believe. Yeah, like I'm sure there's plenty of room left on the record. Just throw, throw <laughs> it on there, right? <laughs> and... Like, also the other thing, and this is sounding weird because a lot of bands have done it over the years, but the bands that release a single and then the album doesn't come out until, like, 12 to 18 months later, best example is probably Architects with Doomsday. Like, that came out nearly 18 months before Holy Hell came out, and you're just thinking, why the 
you know, delay in the first single and then the album. But obviously, given the passing of one of their members, that certainly yeah. would have been one of the cases, obviously. Yeah. It made, sure. it made sure that was that, you know, was the album even finished in its entirety, the recording process? I don't know too much about about it, but that, that's only one thing I could think of as a reason. Well, I mean, we, we had a few that that didn't quite make the cut at the time of album number one, which we uh, we're actually sort of re re jamming now. And uh, they're sort of looking like they will definitely be on album number two. It just at the time, it just needed a little bit of polish here and there on certain parts. So we just backed off it a little bit, but I think, I think you're definitely better, better off for having, having done that now, looking at where the songs are at. I'm thinking it was a it was a good decision. Yeah, I'm sure every band's different. They have their different reasons for for not adding that to the record or keeping it off for a while at least. But it does make you wonder. <laughs> but if you if as the saying goes, if you put too many eggs in the same basket, then you know I don't know what I'm trying to explain. But whatever the saying yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> I do sometimes kind of like that where you will see them put on a few songs too. I guess it's probably more of an EP thing, but um, you'll see some of them are, are demos. And then when you do finally hear it, maybe if not on the next album, uh, it'll be an album later and they'll have the finalised product and you can go back to that demo and hear the difference and the changes that they've implemented. I find that really interesting. Mm. No, definitely. And then obviously like um, some bands bring out obviously B-sides and rarities as a compilation, maybe a best of. And um, I still don't know, like, you know, you're right by Nirvana. Like oh, that was yeah. the only song on the Greatest Hits album that didn't actually make a record. It was unreleased. And... Oh, like, how did it miss? Well, never mind. Still to this day, it's arguably the best rock album of the '90s. So that was impossible to get on. In utero, amazing, but surely it could have fit on, like, you know, it, anywhere. Uh, that one, that that song was amazing. That blew me away when I first heard it. When it mm, did finally get released, it was yeah, incredible. Because for me, like, I love songs like Heart Shaped Box and you know, in Bloom Lithium and all that. But if that had gone on to either In Utero or Nevermind, I think it would have just boosted the album even more if it's possible. It was definitely fitting for the In Utero era, I feel, yeah. that that To me, that would have been and should have been a single. Mm. That good, but, yeah, you just never know what's going on behind the scenes and... I think that's also just indicated how old I am when I'm talking about Nevermind and knowing the album. <laughs> that, that, that album's timeless. Absolutely timeless. Yes, uh, 90s was a great era of music, especially in the punk scene. I mean, No Effects, Blink-182, Green Day, Bad Religion, The Offspring, the list just goes on, really. It goes on and on. I, heard a, I think Matt showed me it. Was it you? Showed me it was a, um, a different version of there's a demo version of a think oh, basket case like they, they yeah green day released the 
the 30th anniversary of Dookie. And they're slowly drip feeding all these demos, um, which I've been we've been listening to, and some of them are just fantastic. All the raw stuff they recorded before the album, and yeah, there is this uh, version of Basket Case on it where the lyrics are completely different. I don't know if you've heard it, Sammy. I don't think I've heard the um, um, version of Basket Case. I'll have to check it out. It's yeah, it's it'll, it'll blow your mind yeah. actually. <laughs> Because, yeah, what is it, the opening lyrics, do you have the time to listen to me, one? I think that's pretty iconic. So this alternate version is going to be interesting to hear. Yeah, it's somewhat, yeah. somewhat of different lyrics, different uh, phrasings, a bit of a different melody. It's, yeah, first time hearing it, it's a bit uh, bit different. It's great, though. Because for me, oh, this is going to be arguable for everyone. I argue that's the best song on Turkey. I know a lot of people are going to look at me and go, Longview is better. Welcome to Paradise is better. I just feel like Basket Case is the song that got me into Green Day straight away. Yeah, oh, I can't remember. I can't say. I mean, there was just so many. I think that album from start to finish is pretty flawless, wasn't it? Because I remember watching Rage one night, and this, yeah, this is showing my age again when I mentioned Rage. Um, that. They were playing a new release. So this must have been 1994 because that's when Dookie came out and, like, Hole was on and Stone Temple Pilots, the Cranberries, and then Green Day came on. I was like, oh, yeah. So I started sort of listening and the rest is history because, yeah, bought Dookie, what, only two weeks after that was released. So... Yeah, an absolute timeless album, that one. I remember when I was a bit younger, I used to pinch Dookie out of Matt's room so I could listen to it because I was a bit too young to be buying my own albums. So I'd have to take a couple of Matt's when he was out of, out and about and not looking. <laughs> so you in one piece, Pete, whereas I can't say the same for Michael. What's that? <laughs> my CDs that you used to steal. Oh, <laughs> turn it up. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, I mean, I think we all did that as um, kids. Like, I remember um, my brother would play Silverchair to death on, like, Frog Stomp was on repeat all day. And just, like, when he wasn't looking, I was like, oh, I might take the CD away, put it in my room, <laughs> and see if he realises he comes, have you taken Frog Stomp? I'm like, no. <laughs> Was it worth the beating? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that and Super Unknown was played to death in our house. And nothing yet Soundgarden. I love Soundgarden, but I can only take so much of Spoon Man a day. <laughs> 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 like, and it's not even my favourite song of the album. That's a worry because everyone says Spoon Man is the best Soundgarden song off. Super unknown. Like, it's not even close. It's like fell on black days, my way, black old sun, and then probably spoon man, in my opinion. But I guess we all have differing opinions on favorite songs of bands. So yeah, I mean, I mean, all you got to do is stick on like a triple M or something. Oh. You'll hear spoon man five times every hour or something like that. <laughs> right? They just kill the same. That's you know, a Yep. Yeah, they don't play anything else off those iconic records. It's just the same one or two songs. 
over and over, unfortunately. That's commercial radio for you. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> is. No good. <laughs> That's like, everyone's like, oh, commercial radio is so good. I'm like, why well, listen to 10 minutes of ads and the same music <laughs> every hour? It's like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah I just had it over half an hour. I didn't hear any music. <laughs> it's like the Hottest 100 with Triple J. Like, I used to love that back in the 90s and that. Nowadays, half the songs I haven't even heard when they're in the countdown, like, who is this? Am I that way out of touch with the new music or something? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to go with the Simpsons craze. I mean, it's the children who are wrong these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I've seen that meme all over Facebook about that. <laughs> I'll yeah, what that times are changing, and we're the weird old ones now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just, well, I personally, I'll put my hand up and say, for a lot of it, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain style that's um, I think Triple J catered to, and um, unless you're playing that, they just considered not marketable, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And yeah, uh, that's why I think we just choose to do uh, things our way and. Like, like yourself, listen to, uh, you know, internet radio stations and um, be pretty selective about the podcasts you choose to listen to rather than commercial radio. Because mm. there was that one, I oh, know it's not going anymore, that I used to love because they always did the hardest 100 or something. It was called the, fac- the Faction that no longer exists. Like, they're still in the music scene but just don't do the countdown or any of the shows and that was always awesome and I remember that last year they did the countdown the top 20 of that year was 10 billion times better than the top 100 of the hottest 100 and you think that's the music we should be hearing but yeah. how many years are we going back there for now it rings a bell the fashion was it's only a few years ago because I reckon the last one they did was when um, Eternal Blue by Spirit Box was released. So whenever that was, was that 2022, I think, or 2021? Because oh, I, I reckon it was the same year Mirrors released The Ego's Weight. So I reckon it was 2021. So what's that? Three years ago. Actually, it's not that long ago at all. No. But, yeah, they always used to do it. And I know they still do it like um, another show does it of their best songs of the year. But, yeah, that was just awesome because I remember the top 20 and, like, I love Make Them Suffer, but I feel like there was a few songs that probably were better that year. But at least it was a song I was like, all right, I can see why people enjoy this. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a metal band from Australia, Courtney from Spirit Boxes, um, collaborating with them. So you can sort of see why. But the last three Hottest 100 number ones, I'm like, why? Like, I don't get the whole deal with Flume. I'm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not my forte, Flume. <laughs> and that year that um, Bulls on Parade didn't take out number one by Denzel Curry. 
I mean, it should have been number one. It was the best song that year, and they came in at four. It's like, what? I thought, um, like, even though I don't, I did watch the that top one hundred. We had a mates for it, and I actually thought, uh, was it song two by Bake? Is it Baker Boy? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was it. Was definitely different. Not something I usually listen to, but I think they did a really good job. Mm. For yeah. those who don't know, the original song too by obviously Blur. Obviously, <laughs> everyone should know that. <laughs> oh, we went off topic there. Actually, that typically happens in podcast interviews. I do. We went from talking about the deadbeats and sedatives for the cynic to. The hottest 100 number one. So I don't know how that happened, but. <laughs> All right, Bushy doesn't mind a good old trail off. <laughs> oh. No, I don't love story time with Bush. <laughs> oh, no. We get treated to story time, whether we, we like it or not sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour already. Like, oh. combined. That doesn't feel like an hour. Shit. Mm. Oh, all right. Favorite song to perform live? Ooh, for me, um, Vultures has got to be up there. Um, it's just got heaps of energy. It's so fun to play live. I think it's that one in the set where we really just sort of go, oh, it's time to explode it here. Um, yeah, it's fast. It's gritty it's yeah just just heaps of energy and other than that it'd be the other one for me is a crumble on another for another reason and then it's just fun it's and we have a bit of crowd interaction um when we play that so that that that's that's always really fun and that's that's a that's a good time on stage that one yeah for me i'm thinking something to like um, and I think it's because, uh, like you sort of touched on before, Sammy, about the, the crowd starting to sort of grow and more people starting to come to shows. Uh, for me, it's pen and paper. I just think the the response we're starting to get, and you can see it in the crowd, how rowdy they get when we uh, start playing that song. For me, that's probably the main reason that's probably my favourite at the moment to play live. For me, it's got to be uh, inebriated. It gives me a chance to put the guitar down and just do my thing singing because it's good to, uh, it's got a couple of breakdowns in it, which are good fun to interact with the crowd with. So, yeah, I always enjoy when we play that one. Yeah, that is a good one. Lots of energy for that Definitely. one too. Well, they're all good picks too. Like I've really grown on both pen and paper and crumble at first I wasn't big fan of either song but sort of when you listen through the album a few times it's sort of like yep now I can really relate and enjoy these songs and like there's not a bad song on the album for me and I feel like the later you get into the album the better it actually gets for my my opinion anyway Thank you well, very much, Sammy. We appreciate that. So, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I think they've all got good things about them. And obviously, Vultures was one of the singles, obviously, released before Sedatives for the Cynic, obviously. And 
I think that's the first song I actually officially heard from the Deadbeats, I think, before even Why I Wanna, I reckon. Oh, yeah, well, what order we actually released? Uh, everything in now. Yeah. Where's Spotify? Oh, I can't look at it, because if I look at it, I'll go out of this, and then the internet will drop out. Shit, better not do that, Sam. <laughs> Yeah, just touching on the the question you asked about response to feedback. I mean, you're not going to really get a, a more honest critic than your mum, but our mum <laughs> seems to have a real problem with um, <laughs> "Punk Me, Punk You," which is the the opening track on side two of the record. She <laughs> said, "I love it. Like, I love your record. Oh, except except for that one. I just yeah, not not into it. Sorry, boys." <laughs> but, it's all, it's all good for you. harshest critics. <laughs> and we, we did say, oh, like, what, anything in particular? She goes, I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't like, but honesty is always appreciated. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to not take it on board, given that it's your mum, obviously, so... I like, I like the, the the lack of feedback to, to work on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, I can't just picture that scene in Pulp Fiction, you know, when they're dancing on the dance floor in the Thurman and Travolta, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a and that's a timeless classic movie. Was Pulp Fiction? It is indeed. Oh. Second best Tarantino film. I still think Reservoir Dogs is still number one in my eyes, but Pop Fiction's a pretty good number two. Yeah, he's got a he's got a lot of good ones, doesn't he? Oh, 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 is it Samuel Jackson? Oh, I loved Inglorious Bastards as well. That was fantastic. Oh, that was so good. Christopher Waltz is a prick though in that movie, but he plays it very he plays well. Plays a good villain though. <laughs> And same with the um, Django Unchained. Like, that showed a side to me of Leonardo DiCaprio that I thought I'd never see, is the evil bad guy. And he just played it so well. Mm. I, can't, I, well, I obviously didn't want to admit it, but I hadn't seen it. Oh! So. <laughs> oh I put it on the list. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I've read it. Uh, a lot of it's um apparently a lot of it was a, a fair bit of improv by by old Leo. Shit, did I just give a spoiler away? Whoops, <laughs> that's not a good <laughs> idea. Sam. I remember that. I remember that episode of The Simpsons when um Homer and Marge had just seen the Star Wars film, and Homer walked out. He goes, "Oh." Who would have thought that um, Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? And this guy in the lie goes, oh, thank you, Mr. Spawn, the picture for me. Oh, shit, that's even showing more of my age. Um, if, it, if people haven't guessed how old I am, I'm 37 because I've been referencing Simpsons and 90s punk rock, so I had to be in my late 30s, obviously. I think the Simpsons raised us about <laughs> not more than our own parents. Would you have to agree, Pete? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
For sure. Six o'clock. Mum tried to turn off The Simpsons and do dinner time every night, but we found ways around it. I don't think Channel 10... It didn't leave Channel 10 in the 90s between six and seven because my brother had an obsession with neighbours. Don't know why. But um, I, I obviously was a diehard Simpsons and obviously Seinfeld fan and still are a fan of both yeah. shows. So, yeah, Enthusiasm. See, I can't get into Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's weird because it's done by Larry David as well. So... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all about it. All about it. Give it another chance. I think the latest season are better than the earlier ones. Yeah. I probably... Because mm. I did watch the episode when they did the Seinfeld reunion with, like, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Jason Alexander, etc. And I actually really liked that yeah. episode. But, yeah, just haven't given it enough watch yet. Probably have to, obviously. No. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. I think just 90. Like, I find it pretty weird when you talk to someone and you sort of you say a pretty obvious Simpsons reference and they don't get it. They say, oh, it's like, I <laughs> or you say yada yada or you say um serenity now and people look at you and go what the hell are you on about and you're like seinfeld arguably the best show of the 90s two of the most used phrases in that show and you don't know what it is oh i watched friends i'm like there you go but yeah, because there was always the old saying that you either loved Friends and hated Seinfeld, or you loved Seinfeld and hated Friends. Not many people out there liked both that I knew. I think it. Uh, I think Chuck Milton Ten did a good job of separating the masses on that one. <laughs> <laughs> now they're on the same channel on normal TV. They're both on Pete Seinfeld and Friends. It's weird how times have changed, obviously, but they're all repeats, obviously. Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen every Seinfeld episode a little a little too much. <laughs> did a little too much binging. In times when I didn't uh, didn't work or didn't have a job, there was uh, a lot of long TV to be had. That was a lot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, I still reckon George is my favourite character. Everyone says Kramer, but I think George is just. The definition of a tight ass, if there was ever one. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I should, maybe I should have spent more time writing music than watching. watching <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got off topic again, have we? <laughs> no, we're still <laughs> my um, childhood, obviously. All right. Favourite, least favourite thing about being a musician? Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll start with the positives. Um, well, for me, it's just playing live. Uh, there's nothing better when you you get up there and you finally get to to do it all. You know what you've been working for and play 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 in front of people who share the same lust for what you're doing and the the music surrounded by that sort of um, 
scene. So, yeah, and look, it's the writing process in general for me. Um, I love writing. I've always sort of loved doing it since I was a teenager. And just in the fact that you can, you know, it's your music. It, it, it belongs to no one else. Um, you get to say and express yourself however you feel or want to, and no one can take that away from you. Um, and yeah, you get to, you get to write and express in a way that you might not do so in a normal everyday situation. You, you channel it into the music you're writing and that's a beautiful thing to me. And yeah, so that's, that's, it's always been an important part of being a musician for myself. Um, look, uh, the least favorite being the owner of the van, <laughs> driving all the gear around and, and the very thing I hate the most is trying to park the van in and around town. It's just nothing worse <laughs> before a gig. <laughs> it just doesn't fit anywhere. And like, you know, <laughs> you know what it's like around that Fitzroy Collingwood area where most of the venues are, you know, you, you, there's just no spaces. You're, like, you're lucky to be able to park a mini, let alone. And you do finally any. find that space. You can't be there for more than an hour. So yeah. And, that that sucks. <laughs> that sucks at driving the best of times. So, <laughs> no, the parking in Melbourne's always been an issue, especially as you said, Matt, around Collingwood Fitzroy area. The parking, you know, to Evelyn, uh, sorry, not to Evelyn, sorry, Workers Club, bad decisions. There's not much parking, and if there is, it's not easy to get a van in. Obviously. No, and the underground spots are just out of the question because the van's <laughs> too bloody tall, so it always makes things a little more difficult. I think um, for, for me, I'd consider one of the worst things uh, about being a musician is, and I'm, again, not naming names, but some of the level of uh, incompetence you have to deal with, uh, with, I guess, when it comes to China, uh, I guess, book shows and organised um, shows. Uh, some people we have to deal with is just, uh, I think there's a severe lack of communication. Responsiveness it's, is yeah, not the greatest thing. Not, it's not, not that great. Shows. Uh, that's a fair point with the least favourite. Like, you know, 95% of the people you deal with when booking shows and that, generally are good then there's the five percent that just want to make things as difficult as possible really yeah just a, a variety of things and but it's it's all part of it and i guess at the end of the day it's it's sort of what it's all worth we do it. it it's all worth it we do it because we love it but you know when you get told you've got certain backline and amps and the drum kit are going to be provided you expect it to be there yeah, there was one particular <laughs> gig we played. I won't, I won't mention the venue, but uh, we were told that the house kit was available. So we just rocked up with, you know, all the breakable symbols and snares and, and all that, as you usually do. And long story short, we, we collected the drummer. Sorry, we had to wake someone up that worked <laughs> at the venue who was sleeping upstairs <laughs> to come down. And we found parts of the kit upstairs had to get the stuff it in the kitchen <laughs> so it was like a treasure hunt we had to go on before we had a house kit oh 
whilst running about yeah. half an hour behind schedule just based off that alone. It's, it's all fun and games, though. I guess there's uh, always the goods and the bads with being in a band. and Oh, yeah. Uh, we've learned to just always always bring uh, our own setup now. and Yeah, we just, we just learned from it, I think. But yeah, it's just writing music together in general is is just a great thing. It's a, it's an awesome outlet, and we're all mates, and we all love the same music. So uh, when we get together, it's just it's just fun. We have fun with it, and I think that's the most important thing with your writing. As soon as it doesn't become fun, it just feels like another job, and that's definitely not the case with what we do. So yeah, we just love. Best, best part is, and I think it's taken time to sort of learn to enjoy this, is just the, the whole journey, seeing everything as it's as it's happening at the moment. It's probably, for me, the best part about it, like writing the songs, seeing how these songs change, having recorded them, seeing it go onto a vinyl, now releasing that and being able to play shows and send it and get bigger shows like this strung out gig. It's all part of the journey, which... I think we're all learning to to enjoy the ride as it goes. And that's something that I'm starting to notice a lot here in Australia because for a long time, um, Australian up-and-coming bands weren't getting the big um, spots on lineups. But just in the last six to 12 months in particular, seeing some big-name bands getting on some big lineups or even festivals. Like I look at... Um, Tapestry from, well, they're from Darwin, but now live in Melbourne. I mean, a little-known metal band five years ago, now they're playing, you know, good things. I look at someone like Red Hook, who have played good things and Unify, and five years ago, no one knew who they were. So you just keep plugging away and doing stuff. People will start to take notice, and all of a sudden, the touring band from overseas or Australia go, Hey, this band would be good to have on the lineup. Boom, you're on the lineup with, as you said, strung out. Yeah, and I think we got really lucky with that one. So I think, yeah, it's definitely going to be our biggest, biggest show yet. And yeah, very, very excited for it. And it's at the Croxton, isn't it? I think on the yeah. 21st of October, probably yes. got that. Like, yeah, it's lucky enough, it's a Saturday night, 21st of October. Nice big stage of the Croxton too, which we're looking forward to. Lots of room to jump around. And I've got to be honest, I don't think I've ever actually been to the Croxton. Oh, it's a fantastic venue. Fantastic sound in there too. It's, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it being up on, on, on stage this time. Well, if you haven't got your tickets and you want to go see Strung Out of the Deadbeats, Here's a plug to get your tickets now and support Strung Out and the Deadbeats. Yeah, so no, if, you, if you do want to get tickets, if you do want to uh, see Strung Out play or, like you said, Sammy, you do want to see the Deadbeats play, uh, if you can go on our Instagram, just .band, uh we've got a link tree on there and a uh, link on there for you to be able to buy tickets. And um, pay however much and see live music. And I'm at the point now, I don't care how much a ticket costs. If it's supporting the music scene, doesn't bother me. If it's 
20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever it is, it doesn't bother me, really. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's it's how much you want to pay for an experience. And, mm. you know, experiences are things that you can't just, you don't get second chances at, at, at buying them all the time. No. And, I mean, like, especially someone like Strung Out who have been around for years, like, I'm not saying this would be their last tour of Australia, but you don't know how many more opportunities there will be to see them down under, really. Yeah, that's, that's always the way I'm looking at it these days. Um, it might, you never know, it might be the last, so I'm never going to, if I can help it, miss out. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's the 30th anniversary tour of theirs. So, yeah, it's, it's a long stint uh, and we're stoked, absolutely stoked to be a part of it. I honestly nearly cried when we got the email. <laughs> really curious. Um, we've discussed it quite a few times. We're really curious as to um, find out what was the deciding factor. Have, have Strong Out actually listened to our music? Did they actually hear it and say, yeah, we want them to support us? Or was it just a complete... Complete random. They needed a band at the time. And they just picked us randomly, you know, out of a hat and went, yep, them. <laughs> uh, so very curious to find that out. See, I reckon it might be they actually took the time to listen. I'm hoping it's that. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> well, I guess now with Spotify and all these platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, whatever it may be, I guess... There's no real excuse for bands not to check out these bands that, you know, are from the country they're coming down under to play shows at because, you know, if... Because you can't just say, oh, I'll just pick a band at random and hope for the best. You've actually no. got to check out these bands, I reckon. No, that's, I think um, what what you're getting at is, like, is the way we think as well. And what we like to think of is that... If we, no matter how how big we got, well, how successful we got, that we would still um, have the decency to listen to bands that give us their stuff and actually make a, um, I guess, an educated decision on if we liked the music or not. Like I'd like to, I'd like to think we would, um, we would still be doing that and still have our same values that we have now. What you were going to say? Um, no. oh, I totally agree and I think that's a very valid point and very sound advice as well to any band out there that's either starting out or maybe getting to the point where they are going to be sort of break big in the scene well, yeah that's, that's sort of our way to do it like even now um, we'll get people sometimes after a show and it isn't that it isn't very often that this happens, but it has happened where people have come up to us and told us that you know they play in a band as well, um, and they'll sort of touch, tell us the band and stuff, and and we will go away and actually give give it a listen because you know it's if the fact is that we you know inspired someone to start writing music or to keep writing music, and they've sort of they want to share that with us, then I I can definitely relate to that. So the least you can do is like you said with have the access to music and how easy it is now um it's it's not that hard just to you know click your thumb a few times and listen to their music for free as well mm. they're not asking you to go 
to go out and buy it and buy vinyl and everything like that. It's just literally free on your phone. Yep. And if you've got Bluetooth or you're in the car, like if you're driving somewhere, how hard is it just to say the Spotify or Shazam, whatever the platform is, uh, just put in a band's name and boom, it's there. That's it. I mean, 25 years ago, we didn't have Spotify. We didn't have Bandcamp. We didn't have iTunes, none of that. We always had to buy it on CD or cassette if we're going back even further. March yourself down to the record shop. and Yeah, I think times are lost. It's got its pros and cons there. You know, back in the day, that was one of the fun things, waiting for the release date of of new music and you'd go down to the record shop and, and listen to it, you know, the at Sanity or JB or wherever you're, you're buying your music from. Missing Link. Missing back Link. Day. Leading um, Edge, if we're going even further back. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that was sort of something I think it was really exciting. But And then I think that's a little bit lost now, but at the same time, um, you're right. It's, it's, the range of music you have access to now, it's just incredible. Endless. Mm. So it's got its pros and cons for sure. I just wish they would pay the artists and bands more. That's probably the one thing. Not a dollar eighty-three for your royalties. Like. <laughs> it was a good year. <laughs> it was a great year. Even if it was like the one was the dot was missing. Even if it was one hundred and eighty-three dollars, it doesn't sound much, but at least you Sorry. could say, "All right, you can do something with one hundred and eighty-three dollars." But Dream big and maybe one day buy a full packet of smokes with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is the last question I'm going to ask Michael, Peter, and Matthew, and then the fun part. Then I I get hit with the questions. And it's quite fitting that this is the last one because there's so many good bands. I want you to try to name your three favourite Victorian bands or artists at the moment. Well, it's a tough one. Uh, there's so many, to be honest, uh, Sammy. Uh, like I said before, we live in Melbourne and there's just the amount of talent going around this city. You know, if you know where to look, it's just unreal. Um, look, we were lucky enough to to play our uh, album launch show with uh, a band called the Thorazines, who have been doing it for a while. And yeah, for me, they were they were definitely up there, and they were just fantastic, very Ramones esque type sound, and one from yeah way back from an era that you know the, the punk sound sort of originated from. And I just really liked that they bring that back into their their music and their sound. So, yeah, definitely um, the Thorazines for me. Uh, one, I'll let the boys on, hold the line while we're that. We don't want to name them all. You actually mentioned one of my favourites earlier, Sammy. I've, I love playing with the boys at this sinking ship. We've played with them a couple of times and they're always a great show and they're a good bunch of lads. It's always a good time when we get together with them. And then another band that we love to hang out with is The Wash as well. They're they're fantastic as well. They're, yeah, they, they're, they're, 
The boys from Bayswater, the Toms I've mentioned every yeah, time. Yeah, fantastic. Looking forward to hearing more new music from them. Though. Yeah, it, it's probably, a really good sound. It's probably, yeah, the bands that we've been playing with, um, uh, yeah, at the moment, probably up there, I think. Oh, I've really started to get into this sinking ship, and obviously I'm a pretty big fan of Fire Roots as well, so sort of, no, because yep. Sam and Pablo are both in fire roots as well so and then um yeah this sinking ship um yeah just have loved everything they've released and um yeah they're good blokes as well i actually haven't met um felipe yet he's the only one out of this sinking ship i haven't actually talked to every time i've been free he's been chatting to someone else and vice versa it's just like i keep missing you he's like yeah i know we've got to catch up someday <laughs> He's a lovely bloke as well. Um, <laughs> they all are. Uh, all a great, great bunch of people. Mm. He, he reminds me uh, he, uh, of Hefe from LFX. <laughs> and I tell you what, he plays like him too. He's a brilliant guitarist as well. Uh, no effects. That, that's a pretty big compliment to say yeah, that. You know, mate, that's... Uh, him and Pablo are both brilliant guitarists, brilliant songwriters. It's just it's just good music all around. They've got a good mm. sound, good message in their music as well, which is is important as well. Yeah, very important. And um, Freedom to Live, obviously, their latest single came out. I think when it came, it came out this year. Was it May or April? It was sometime in the oh, first. Never been. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I don't think they have a bad song. Every time I've seen them live, um, like there's so much that they've got a fair bit of music out on the platform. So that's uh, there's there's so many new ones I keep hearing each time I see them, and I go, oh, well, that's I'm looking forward to hearing that tracked and recorded. And but they're working hard, I know, behind the scenes. So hopefully, some even more music to come yeah. uh, sooner yeah. rather than later from them. Yeah, April. Yeah. I thought it was sort of around the April May time. Yeah, yeah. And of obviously, um, for those that don't know, this Siggy Ship and Fire Roots are playing Boogeyman Bar this Saturday night with Vault Jolts. I just realised as well. Yes, yeah, Vault Jolt from Ballarat, I believe. Some serious talent coming out of regional Victoria right at the moment. Absolutely. Not Oh shit! There's some talent coming out of Ballarat at the moment. It's yeah, yeah. We actually ventured up there not too long ago, and um, we had uh, an awesome gig up there. We played with a band called These Things, and at the Eastern it was, and it was just an awesome vibe. Everyone like that local sort of community vibe where everyone was there was just into the same thing and uh luckily enough for us that i don't know if you remember the, the the soccer was on that night the uh matildas won that big uh final in a penalty shootout that went on forever and after that like the whole pub was just like up in arms they were like, everyone was in this great mood so that sort of set the tone for the night and it was just continued from there it was fantastic we had a ball mm. Ended up having an absolutely great turnout, which we weren't really. We uh, didn't know what to we were hopeful, expect. but we weren't really, yeah, expecting that. And that's a really good turnout. So thanks, Ballarat. 
Yeah, cheers. Yeah, the most important question was it actually warm in Ballarat or was it cold like it always generally is? Well, I don't know. I think by the end of the night, we'd all had a few. <laughs> it was pretty warmed up. Yeah, warmed up by a few beers. So, I look, we didn't stay in the van, uh, which, <laughs> put it that way, we're glad we didn't do that. We just stayed in a haunted hotel. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty chilly by the end of the night. I did nick out for a smoke afterwards. <laughs> and I wasn't out there very long. <laughs> No, and that was no disrespect to Ballarat. I love Ballarat, but every time I seem to go down there, it's either 15 degrees and freezing cold or the opposite of, like, 30 degrees and boiling hot. Never in the middle. Michael and I are pretty used to that. We both live down at Phillip Island, so it's very much the same. Like, today, it was just, what, high 20s and, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nice today. It's pretty damn cold right now, though, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You get used to it. Yeah, uh, that's Victorian weather for you. Hot one day, cold the next. Yeah, if you don't like it, you just wait 10 minutes and it'll change. <laughs> well, I'm going to answer that question. This is where I'm in the scrutiny, either way you look at it, the three best bands in Victoria, because there's that many. Now, I'm going to go a bit biased and say, the guests on tonight's podcast in the dead beats right at the moment are one of my favourite Melbourne bands. I'll take it. You're too kind, mate. You're too <laughs> kind. Then it gets difficult. <laughs> I, I've just got this... I've, I love Forklift at the moment. Like, there's just something about Forklift Assassins that, I don't know, it's their show, it's the energy they bring. It's just, yeah. It's Scotty from Marketing's like, one of my favourite songs. That's a, they're, they're incredible musicians. Mm. And a bunch of blokes to go with it too. Um, yeah. Fantastic, isn't he? He is. And yeah. Yeah, Alex, you can't get in the door. Alex notices this straight away. I've, I've tried that many times to get in the door without anyone from Forklift um, picking up who I am. And I get in the door and Alex is there straight away. I'm like, Shit, how did you know I was coming in the door? (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to go someone that um, I don't always say from um, Victoria, but I'm really enjoying at the moment. And they're banned by the name of Cordiform. They're an Aussie alternative indie rock band from Melbourne who are starting to make tracks and um, bring a good sound to the music scene. So those are my top three. But as the guys have said, trying to narrow it down to three is impossible, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's so many good bands out there. Like, you've just got to look, be looking in the right places. That, that, that's all there is to it, really. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about regional. I mean, Ballarat's got heaps. Gippsland has gone from... Having one or two to having like a half a dozen now that like have either originated from Gippsland or still live in Gippsland in some cases. Like Dear Reckless, half the members from that band are still in Newbra or Traff. And excuse for an exit, I know they're based in Melbourne now, but all originally grew up down this way. So it's good to see. And then there's the obvious ones like Ocean Slipper and Atlas and Mirrors, but 
yeah, Gippsland's starting to get a bit of recognition in the scene, which is good to see. It's excellent yeah. to see. It's been a couple of bands from Ballarat. With uh, I'm not sure if Matt was in talks with them. Donkey yeah. Vote, Donkey Vote, and... the Shorts, they're up there as well. So there's a couple it's... couple of bands we've been trying to tee up uh, to do a show with when we go down there again, but we're just um, our, unfortunately our availabilities haven't been able to line up yet. But you're right. There's de- definitely some great, uh, great punk music coming out of Gippsland and Ballarat, and lots, just, lots just everywhere in Melbourne regionally. Because mm. I actually got asked. This was by a guy from the Reasons Why, because they're putting on a show at Bad Decisions, and you probably already know about this because I mentioned you guys and Ultraviolet and a few others. And um, he just like, oh, name me some bands. I'm like. All right, here's a list. And he said everyone he's contacted has said they've got something else on that day already. So, but it's like that at the moment because, you know, bands have got other gigs happening or other festivals. So it's just life, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah in one way, it's a, it's a good thing and it means the music scene is, is happening. We, which, yeah. is, which is a fortunate and good thing. Yeah, look, it's a it's a good problem to have for Melbourne and regional Vic and, and all that. I mean, we we had the same problem with one of our. I think it was a single launch we did a while ago, and one of the bands dropped out because uh, you guessed it, COVID um, related issue, and we had to find a band the last minute, and it was the same deal. Like because we were allowed to do it again, all these bands that we would have liked to, you know. Some of the bands we wanted to have on, um, they were just so busy. Um, we ended up finding bars and hats off to them for, for coming in and doing it with with us the last minute because they were absolutely fantastic. Mm. I reckon those last minute things can be hard because, like, you see so many gigs at the moment where a band has had to pull out due to either COVID or unforeseen circumstances and sometimes there's not a replacement that can do it right then and there so they have to sort of improvise and make longer sets for the bands that are playing the show yeah yes and we've had to do it a few times sort of recently unfortunately and it's not something we like we like doing um but yeah there's there's times where we'll have prior commitments or some of us are busy and we'll have to say no no to you know a gig that we would have Watched to have played. But also, you don't want to run yourself ragged either. Like, like performing and doing gigs is great, but if you take too much on it, can sort of wear you out, bring you down, sort of thing. At times, very true. There's a a fine balance between all that. Yeah, Um, three a.m. loadout can get old pretty quick. You've got, to, you've got to put some time aside for writing your new music as well. So that that all happens behind the scenes and it, it does take time. And, you know, you can play play show after show, but then, you know, the time spent doing that gets minimised. So you've got to have a healthy balance. And, we're yeah, we found that, that's some, something. That really yeah, that's what we're, we're doing a bit behind the scenes at the moment. So it's been good to jump into some new stuff and focus on that. Yeah, oh. a healthy balance at the end of the day. Yes, a healthy work balance, life balance. That's the way to go. Indeed. 
Well, that's all the questions from Sam to the deadbeat. Now the tables get turned and the hard-hitting questions get thrown my way. So, Michael, Pete and Matthew, if you have any questions you want to ask me, as I said, nothing's off the table. The floor is yours, as they say. I think um, he said he had a question before. Um, yeah, so I've got a couple here. One, my first one I'll ask is uh, one song, Sammy. You've got to pick one song, your favourite or... Oh! You didn't get to listen to the rest of your life and that song only. If you were stuck in a, a room. <laughs> yeah, some psychopath has got you down. He's put you in the, down in his <laughs> basement. And he's having a real good time with you. He's allowing you to listen to one song. What is it? That's that's a really interesting and first-time question. And it's also got me having to use my brain, which I don't use a lot of sometimes. What about we be fair and say, what album? Oh, one song, one album, it doesn't really bother me. I think one album, it would probably have to be Smash. By the offspring. Oh, the timeless classic. <laughs> like, just, you know, as much as self esteem probably bores the death out of most people or come out and play or got to get away, I think I could just listen to that whole album on repeat and it would never get boring. Yeah, wrong with you on that one, Sammy. Yeah, I'll approve. I'll approve of that. Yeah, that was, that was an absolute classic. 1994. Was a good year in general for a lot of a lot of wow, good albums. Good year, so, bad year. <laughs> so many, so many good records came out in 1994. I'm going to go off the record and say arguably the Offspring's best album. It's a big call. I still think the album that followed was actually their best album, X Nay, for me. But yeah, it was, I mean, it, I, well, I wouldn't say flew under the radar, but yeah, just I mean, Smash was just so critically acclaimed and it was just so new um as a well semi-commercial album i guess it ended up being didn't it unexpectedly mm. at the time i still feel like i've got to get away is probably the most underrated song on smash it just doesn't get the love that the others do like bad habit and come out and play in that what was that one sorry mate oh sorry gotta get away Ah, yes, absolute jam, isn't it? And the one after that, Genocide, was, was probably my favourite off the record. We actually no, saw we'll... them play a little while ago, and, you know, there's, you know, they've got so many albums now, and the set list, uh, set it, I won't say you a little more predictable, but, yeah, they threw that one in as a surprise packet, and they played Genocide, which I did not see coming, but it was, it was brilliant. It was fantastic. No, uh, it's uh, it's a great album, and I think it stood the test of time as well. Because as you mentioned earlier, nineteen ninety four was a, a big year for new music, like especially the punk scene. Uh, uh, but good question, Michael. That's one that I had to think outside the box of with that question. Yeah, thank you. Um, another uh, no, two questions. They're probably merge into one question uh first is what's the best local band or gig that you've been to ever and what's the worst 
uh, like gig you've been to from a large, you know, well-known touring band? Second one's a bit harsh, so just maybe just the first one. Yeah, the first one's actually a lot harder to answer than the second one, actually, because there's just been so many. Um, I feel like the one that really stands out for me on the local one was the one I actually went to after the album launch at um, Max Watts. I feel like I know Caskets are international, but Wind Waker were the co-headliner, so technically it's a um, local band on the lineup. But I feel like that, like I didn't know what to expect because outside of Jaden from Outloved and the Outloved Boys, I didn't know who else was going. So I was going to a gig where I knew no one outside of them. And I feel like the night started off the best because walked in, Jaden was the first person I saw. Second person I saw was Ioni from Ocean Sleeper. And then the night just kept everyone I knew was there, but I didn't realise they were going. Yeah. But also the fact was that the night, like a lot of gigs that I go to, went far too quick. Like I reckon I checked my mobile once that night and it was like 930 last bands on my where the hell is that time gone yeah i think they're usually the the nights that end up the best nights anyway whether it is at a gig or whatever you're going to when you sort of go in with a positive mindset but you don't go in with too much if any expectation exactly Uh, usually i find end up blowing you away and and i felt like that's probably the best day of live music I've been to, and I'm not trying to, you know, be bosoms and say because Deadbeats played earlier, but I felt like I didn't know what to expect of either shows. I was sort of thinking I'm going there to support the music scene. Now, outside of Oscar from Alt, I caught up with everyone out of Alt, and I only wanted to catch up with one or two of the members that I interviewed earlier in the year and the others, I was like, if I saw them, I'd say hello. But yeah, it was sort of just way more than I expected. And same with the um, album launch. Like, I left that gig thinking, shit, how's tonight going to be better than that? And unfortunately it was. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) You don't want to peak too early. (laughs) I was just like, oh, shit, they might disconnect me now off this interview (laughs) after that comment. (laughs) But, no, I feel like ever since I've gone in with the theory of I'm going to live music, whatever happens on the night, awesome if i catch up with people if not i know that um the bands appreciate me coming out to see them live so i think if i go in with that mindset now gigs are much better yeah absolutely Uh, bands absolutely do appreciate it like a lot of times when we're packing up at the end of a night end of a show is when you want to be able to have the chance to talk to people and sort of thank them for coming out and taking the time out to see us and sometimes they might leave before you get the chance and and it sucks it's, yeah. yeah it sucks because you want to sort of show your appreciation to them and that you don't take it for granted 
Mm. You don't always get a chance. So, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, like the more people you do have at the shows, you want to mingle with everyone. But, uh, yeah, it's, it can get busy, like when you're packing up and loading in and you got to keep your eye on, you know, getting the job done. And, um, yeah, and that, that's that's actually a really shitty thing when you, you go to talk to someone and then you find out they've left and they're yeah, like Michael said, you you don't want it to go unappreciated that they've come out to support you. So it's uh it's a very important thing to us. But yeah, it's especially if it's they've come, you know, they've come to multiple shows and you might have seen them in a crowd and yeah, you just for whatever reason you haven't got the chance to I guess show your appreciation. I, so, I, I deep down think that anyone that goes to a show would obviously realise that the deadbeats appreciate them making the travel and all that. And, like, I'm one of those people that if a band or a member of a band apologises for not catching up, I I don't like bands apologising because that's just what happens at gigs. Like, you can't catch up with everyone. That's not possible. Yeah, no, it's like Matt said, when the crowds start getting bigger and bigger, it, it just becomes harder um, mm. to, to get to sort of talk to everyone in time. And you sort of get get a bit lost in the moment or you'd be having, having to pack up, do a loadout. You might not be, uh, I guess, the last band on. So the next band's, you know, wanting you to get your shit off the stage because <laughs> yeah. you've already gone over. <laughs> yeah. But no, it is um yeah, it's definitely like like you understand it because you go to so many gigs and you're in and around this scene. Uh so I guess you, you have quite a a better understanding of it. You do know that bands do appreciate it, but uh we appreciate each and every one of every single person that comes out to the shows is you what makes it count at the end of the day and it's you know, we love playing live and yeah, it's it's awesome looking out at seeing all the Absolutely. We, like, we, we play live, I mean, we have played live to, to just about no one before and we've played live to I think about 100 before and it's um, it's definitely better with, with yeah. more people to play to. I reckon there'd be more um, nerves on playing to five people than there would be 100 because you've got to keep those five people interested. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we've uh, emptied a room of five people as well before. So. <laughs> Uh, every band out there would have played to 10 people before whether you're the biggest name in australia or the littlest known band in australia they've all done it before yeah those are the nights you remember i guess yeah you look back on i think the ramones played to like four people and and the bar owner's dog for their first show so i always always try and think of that cup of myself like whether it is a smaller Smaller crowd, but I'd love to to take my dog to a gig. It's still the same amount of fun though. Once you're up there, actually, Matt and Pete's dad did come to a gig and bring the dog. Oh, (laughs) it was um, I don't know if I should say what band it is. Actually, no, I will because hats off to them. They um, the last chance bar. They got the they did all the work for the to save the tote. So yeah, amazing effort there, Sean Leanne. And yeah, Shane. Sorry, Shane. Uh, uh, last chance they did a very good job to save the tote. I mean, they worked tirelessly to do it and they got there in the end, as they say. 
Yeah, no, massive effort by everyone in the community there. Absolutely, they could have sort of they could have just sat by and said, "No, nah, that's not my responsibility. I'm not. Why should I bother with it?" But um, hats off to them. They yeah. um yeah did what they what they believed and yeah, yeah. very very happy they they did it. Mm. Should go back to the tote because I haven't been there in ages. Actually, it's about six months since I was last there. Yeah, I think we're due to play a show there again as well, I reckon. In the old, um, what's Johnston Street, is it? No. Uh, yeah, yes, it is Johnston. Yeah. Oh, it is Johnston. It's the same street as Bad Decisions. It's just further down. Duh, Sam. Yeah. Benji's <laughs> on Johnston as well. Yeah. They're all pretty close to each other, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because there's the old bar as well. That's only just down from Bad Decisions. And Bendy, yeah, this whole heap of them. Matt, Matt's got a few questions I've got, here I've for got, you, I've got one for you in particular. Now, I think it was something you were going to ask us, but I'm going to flip it on to you here, mate. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Oh, I love the <laughs> flip the question that I sent <laughs> through back to the interviewer. <laughs> Because that was a hard one for me, so I'm, I'm gonna yeah reverse the process. Yeah. I actually like that idea. Um, what would I change? Uh, probably more regional shows. Like yeah. I know it's easier said than done, but like base, like have bands come out to not just you know Melbourne, but to like Ballarat, Geelong, Bendigo, Taralgon. Sort of for the people that don't travel obviously to Melbourne outside of like obviously I travel to Melbourne quite frequently and able to but for people like in Sale and Taralgon it's two and a half hours easily that's right yeah it's a long stand but also um the other thing and we've touched on commercial radio and this um the Aussie content percentage needs to be changed as well I don't feel like like some stations only play 10%. I'm like, 10% out of an hour? Nah. Needs to be triple that, I reckon. I reckon 33% Aussie content an hour. Not hard. You're talking about for local radios, like such as, like, uh, oh, not in particular, but just in general. Just in general, because I feel like when I was at 3BR, the local radio station, who were one of the best at it, they have several shows where it's all Australian content. Um, I won't mention shows or presenters' names, but there were a few that always said, I can't find Australian content music. I'm like, hang on. And they're like, oh, I don't have Spotify, I don't have Bandcamp, I don't have iTunes. It's like... You can still find a heap of Australian content without those three platforms. There's, I mean, CDs-wise, there's albums that have all Aussie music. There's AMRAP. There's so many other platforms you can use. But Mm. I I think they were just using the excuse of they didn't have enough platforms to find the Australian content. It's like, that's not an excuse. Yeah, just just a cop-out. I think so. Because, like, if I was on air, on, on radio right at the moment, I know mine would probably be closer to 50% than 
30% Australian content easily. Sorry, Sammy, you just cut out there. Oh, sorry, I said if I was still on radio, it would be probably 50% Australian content right at the moment if I was doing the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good local radio stations that, that play, um, like they often have an, like an Aussie segment, so like PBS and your Triple R's um, rather than your, your Triple J type stuff. Um, I think they've been both really, been really good for supporting local acts. I know certain shows are really involved with doing that. Um, they each have different segments, of course, but um, I think there's a... I think I'd like to believe there's a bit of a push for that. Um, and I think they're very welcoming in the way that if you are a local band and you send your, even your demo in, doesn't have to be an EP or a, a, a record of some sort, um, they will play your stuff. Like it's, it, it was like when we first had something, it was just uh, recorded and demoed on it. We sent it in as a CD and uh, it was actually filled from, uh, PBS on Sunglasses After Dark. He was kind enough to give us a spin, even though it wasn't a proper record or like a, a vinyl at that point. So that was, that was really cool. I, I thought, yeah, it was... So you're still it doing, was, doing us, I guess, a favour. It didn't need to be official yeah, released and we didn't need to be some big-name band for him to play us. Yes, yeah, so I thought that was, that was quite comforting. Um, and yeah, there's there's plenty of shows out there that, whilst it could be, I mean, it could be a little more, but I think it's it's out there if you if you look it in the, the music's definitely out there, and I think it's getting it's only improving and getting better. Yeah, and more better to improve, but getting it is improving, but it's uh, it's getting the time of day is yeah, how I say. getting more traction. It's not getting dismissed. And obviously Triple J do it pretty well with Short, Fast, Loud, Home and Host and The Racket. Like, you always hear new Aussie music on those three programs. So that's kudos to them because, yeah, they obviously support Australian music a lot. And PBS and Triple uh, R and there's a lot of stations out there, but, yeah, there's still some that probably might need to, like, increase it a bit more. but. I'd like to see more, definitely I see more what I would call, for lack of a better word, uh, real punk. Um, but I'd like to see yeah, more punk music coming out of Triple J, whether it's those bands. Well, we know those bands do exist because uh, yourself and us, we play with a lot of those bands. You go see those gigs, those bands. So those bands do exist and their music mm. is out there, but I think it would just be a... Um, uh, good step forward to start seeing it actually coming out on um, on those on those more well-known stations where they're going to get uh, a distraction yeah where they're going to get listened to more you know give them that platform definitely so yeah that's probably what i'll change but there's any number of things that could be changed that i would say there's the obvious merch cuts and the more um money for streams on spotify but they're obvious answers that get given all the time obviously yeah indeed Petey, have you got a question mate 
Uh, no, I think you boys covered it pretty well. Well, I hate to do this after every interview, but it's nearly 10 o'clock. I can't believe it's bedtime. nearly 10 <laughs> Yeah, it's past my bedtime. Yeah, I'm thinking we probably actually should wrap this up because I get the feeling Michael, Peter and Matt all have work in the morning, so it probably is time to maybe wrap it up. Oh, Matt, Matt. oh, I'm on holiday. Matt's on holiday. Matt doesn't, but the rest of us slaves have to go. Like yourself, Sammy, you're taking a well over break. <laughs> oh, well, I've got to work Wednesday and then all weekend, but I've got Thursday and Friday off, so I'm happy. <laughs> but um, once again, Deadbeats, Matthew, Michael, and Peter, thanks so much for being on the podcast and having oh, a chat. It's been a great time. Thank you so much for having us on, mate. We really appreciate it. Really enjoy it. That was yeah, fantastic. thank you. Sammy. And um, I'll send you the link. If I could get my ass into gear, I could even get it done by 10.30. But worst case scenario, probably quarter to 11, these links will be up on Facebook. I'll send Maddie the link. Feel free to share it around, guys. And, um, yeah. yeah, I'll we'll keep supporting the deadbeats. We'll give it a plug on the socials, mate. And um, if you're not doing anything, Saturday, October 21, Croxton, strung out, deadbeats, be there or be square, as they say. Just off the record, but um, we would like to officially invite you to the gig if you are free that night, the strung out. We are, we've got a ticket aside for you if you can make it. Oh. Saturday nights. October 21st. It's 50-50 because I don't, like, I work some Saturday nights and other nights, other Saturday nights I don't. So I'd love to go, but I'll have to get um, back. No, that's all right. Whatever happens, um, there will be one uh, put aside for you because we really appreciate all the good work you do, mate, and it, it means a lot to us. And not only us, but all these upcoming bands that you go and support, um, it means the world. So, yeah, it's the least we can do to say thanks. So if you can make it, there will be a ticket aside for you. Okay. And it wouldn't be that I don't want to be there. It's more... I don't know. More- yeah, it's Saturday nights are a nuisance with workers. Nine times out of ten, I'm working. So, no, nah, look, it's completely understandable, mate. Um, but yeah, if you can pull some strings or whatever, no pressure or anything. But um, yeah, there'll be a ticket with your name on it. Well, fingers crossed, everything crossed that I can actually get to it. Hopefully, great. Sounds good. But um, it, worst case scenario, I'll definitely be at another Deadbeats gig in the future. You know that. So it's... No worries, mate. Well, yeah, we appreciate everything you do. So keep up the fantastic work with it. No worries at all, guys. I, I've loved every minute of this. I hate when the interviews have to end, but that's just the nature. It has to end eventually. So. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, mate. No worries. And enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Will do, mate. Thank Look you. Mate. To the no worries at all, guys.
catch you, Sammy. Thank you. Catch up. See ya. Bye. See ya. How do we do? I have no idea how to turn this off. <laughs> Just close it.